Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Let's open our Bibles to the book of First Kings, chapter 3. We'll read from verse 7 to 15. And I'll read, Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. Verse 11, so God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, not once for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Verse 15, then Solomon awoke and he realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant, and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a feast for all his court. Guys, do you remember when we were growing up? I hope this was not just in our house. Where your mom or your dad or the person you was raising you just goes something like, eh, guys, it's supermarket time. It's time to go to the supermarket. That feeling of, whew, I don't know whether it has changed from when we were growing up. Nowadays, kids get excited, but not that, not that much. They've done it in school. They've gone to better places than the supermarket. Us, supermarket was a big deal. Like, that is one of the few times you got out of the house. But in the back of your mind, you knew that you are not supposed to touch anything on the shelves. And I see the, we know. We're in the same space. You are to walk where your parents walked. You are not to turn or even see and smile at anything that you, you fancied. And just supposed to, whatever your parent buys, that is what you buy. If you think you feel or you desire something, you probably have to keep it to yourself. That was my house. I don't know whether... It's the same for everyone. You know, maybe you grew up where you're like, oh, pick whatever you want. Me, I didn't grow up like that. It was law that whatever my dad picked, that is what. And funny enough, believe it or not, nowadays, see the, this train up a challenge that you should go see. When I get to the supermarket, and this is, my wife knows, she can testify. Whatever we need to buy is what I go straight to and put it in there. And I go home. This thing for this Jew, oh, I am just gallivanting this supermarket at this Jew. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, actually, look at the toys. Imagine, I even avoid the toy section because I never went to the toy section with my dad. The toys I, I had, I made. Remember, there were things, 
the cutting of the boxes. The guy over there's a guy nodding on my left on any field. That is how we grew up. It's only nowadays that you can look back and tell whether your parents were authoritarian, authoritative, and I'm trying to feel on this side, permissive, or generally uninvolved. You know, even as I was writing uninvolved, I was like, I wish my home had parents who were uninvolved. My goodness. Most parents don't know the parenting styles. We don't. We maybe do, but some of us don't. Or whether their parenting style is effective. There are parents who are authoritarian in style, who tell the children what to do. How many are from what kind of home? The parents are not here, so it's fine. I'm an Emipa Kyak. They tell, they, tell, they tell the children what to do and don't tell them why. We never asked why. Dad, why can't I pick the toys? What, what do you, <laughs> we could not ask that. Why not? Why are we only having bread every morning in this house? If you, uh, what's the word? Their parents were authoritarian in style of parenting. They tell the children what to do. Don't, don't tell them why. And if they don't do whatever they are told, punishment. And it's severe. <clears throat> this style has been associated with problems. That's the problem with it. It's low self-esteem, social ineptitude. It happens. Most of us don't go out. Uh, causing strikes and doing things because we are used to the places we came from. And this guy is not being fair, but hey, I don't know how to react to that. It's how we grew up. Um, on the other end, there is guys who are permissive, the parents who are permissive. They have no authority and let their children do whatever they want and really discipline them. This parenting style has been linked to problem behavior in children such as drug abuse. This is not all, it's harm and delinquency. Close to this style and repercussion is the uninvolved parenting style that gives children a lot of freedom and generally stays out of the way of the child. As I was growing up, I used to wonder, hey, will there ever be a time where, when I have my freedom? You know that one for, I wake up in the morning, I remember when I was going to uni, one of the first things I, I could not wait to do is buy my own packet of milk. Well, that sounds weird. Because eh? every time we would buy milk in the house, where those guys who are that, you know, the, the chai that is made, that is one. It's not these nowadays for, at you know, the kettle, you add this. It was one. So milk was bought, put in the sphere, there's water added. So in university, the first thing I wanted to do was buy my own packet of milk. And believe it or not, this is what happened. I went, bought the packet of milk. Sat, once I looked at it, I was like, this is my, it's mine. There's nobody to share it with. That's one that is that. And then I poured it in, a, I had like a small sephoria. So I poured it and then went to add water. Then hit me, wait, 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 wait. I, I don't have to. <laughs> there's something, any effort. Oh my goodness. Freedom, you know. So, as a kid, I always thought, hey, when will this freedom come? So, when I read about these guys, I was like, oof. But anyway, the best authority, uh, parenting style, they say, is this style called authoritative parenting style. Because it is said that the parent is the authority figure 
and the children know what is expected of them. They know this because the parent has told them and the parent takes time to allow the child to understand what they are being told. <laughs> These parents also involve children in family meetings so they feel part of the family unit. You know I am smiling because <laughs> today the question then becomes do you know your parenting style? How many are authoritarian? Oh, you're not judging. You know? <laughs> and even if you don't have kids, ukijiangalia tu in the future, you're like, hey, fast forward, authoritarian, <laughs> hey, permissive, uh -huh. uninvolved. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one, hey, no judging, no judging. Authoritative. Hmm. If your answer is yes, can you say it responds to your parents or the guardian that you have early in your life? Does it respond? You normally copy what you went through, isn't it? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it fun? Was it boring? And if you can answer that, chances are it's probably the same. The best thing about having a good parent or guardian when growing up is that we mostly tend to follow in the same. The bad thing about having a bad, bad parent is somehow you kind of tend to copy what you saw because that's the life you grew up in. We become good parents or bad parents as a result and so on. The problem of having a bad experience with parenting is we carry it into our very own parenting journey, and I dare say, even into the work with God. In the first week of this sermon series, we talked about the Lord's Prayer that addresses God as our Father. In the second week, we addressed the issue of having faith in our prayers. Last week, we talked about praying all the time. Can you see that maybe, just maybe, our prayers might be hindered if we had a bad experience with our parents growing up? Has your upbringing affected your belief in God and eventual prayer life? Because I think it does. I seriously believe it does. Here's the state of Kenya right now as concerns the home we are raising our children in. There are almost 9,000 pending divorce cases as of June 2018. One in every 20 of our children has lost a father to death. One in every hundred of our children has only the father alive. One in every hundred. One in every hundred. One in nine of our marriages among men and women aged 15 to 54 in Kenya, get this, is polygamous. 13% of our children are not living with a biological parent. 45% of our children are living with one or no parent at all. Fatherlessness is real. It is real in our society. It has a direct correlation to how we look at God. Since the very word of God has shown us that he's our heavenly father. I remember very, hey, I can never forget. There's a day we're talking to young people in the, I think, Kangwa. And a lady stood up, we're talking about, um, I don't remember, it was something, but it mentioned our God, our Father. 
and she stood up and just did uh, my pastor you're talking about the, our father yes but I don't have an example so how am I supposed to know this father that you're talking about hey, I remember you know the way you were ready for a someone so all of a sudden you're like Ooh. how do you even respond to that the most difficult thing most times is to see God as the perfect father that he is especially since we've mostly not come from homes that have shown us this we've developed father wounds that have made us unable to see this perfect god now this is a difficult question can you openly say you've got father wounds father wounds that probably are affecting your relationship with god because in as much as this God's work, we have to be real about where we come from and how that affects us as children of God. Let's see what the Bible says about this heavenly father. Isaiah 63, 16, allow me to read them. You are our father. Isaiah 63, 16. You, Jehovah, are our father. Though Abraham does not know us or Israel acknowledge us, you, Lord, are our Father. Our Redeemer from of old is your name. He is our Redeemer. Psalm 16, verse 5. A father to the fatherless. I love this one. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. Psalms 103, verse 13. There's so many soldiers allow me to read. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Compassion. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son, he delights him. Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? That's God. He's a provider. Matthew 7, 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Luke three twenty two. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. 2 Corinthians 6, 18, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says who? The Lord God Almighty. And then Galatians 3, 26, for you we are all children of God through faith, through faith. In Jesus Christ guys we have to have faith that we have a heavenly father that is perfect I'm not saying that lightly because some of us have gone through I was watching the um, an interview yesterday I love interviews I've noticed about a famous 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 interviewer who said that as a child she was greatly molested by the dad 
and it has affected her view even of men today. Do you have faith that as a believer, God is perfect being our father? Because if you don't, it will really affect our prayer life, not just our faith. It is faith that will tear through all of our past definitions of a father that we never had. It is faith, faith in God, nothing else. It is not some magic that will happen. No, no, it's faith in God. By faith we accept him. By faith we believe that he died for us. By faith we now live as believers. By faith you accept him as a perfect father. By faith. For the umpteenth time in this sermon series, I'll ask the question again. Do you have faith? Do you have faith that when you pray, he listens? Do you have faith to accept him in your heart as a perfect father? Perfect. The Bible says he has no fault in him. Perfect. You know, that perfect thing is almost next to impossible because what we are used to is not. Do you have faith? Because if we don't, these fatherhoods we have will affect a lot of the areas. Not just in faith, but even in life. Because of how we've grown up, number one, some of us believe that you can't come to God with a request. Like if you are really honest with each other, you just know God is God, I am human, all I need to do is just pray. And prayer to us is simply like, Father, we bless you, thank you for the day. That is all we believe. You simply believe that you must do what he says in his word. That's enough. As a result, you never share your heart's desire because you had no say, like some of us. <laughs> no say. Supermarket, Niskari, Niunga. I have a rat in my house. In, in, outside of. The whole day today, I came in angry. What is a rat doing in my house? You may say, Maunga Nikakumbuka, Liona Nikaka Unga Kamiguz. I'm like, And you know, it's that last week of the month. Easy, Levikia. Eh? You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, let's, let's get back. That's just by the trade. We have been told that we must do what we are told. We never say our heart's desire because we had no say in our bringing. You even tried asking for stuff growing up and it was either shut down or just never considered. How many were promised they were going to be bought for bicycles and they never came? Toys, not to going. Toys, anything. Yeah, to going. After I finished class eight, it was like a uh, no reward. Ile bike. <laughs> to you who is in that space, I have come to remind you that you can bring your request before God, and God answers prayer. He does, guys. God answers prayer. Psalms 5.3 tells us, In the morning, Lord, David, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. And then I wait expectantly. Not wait, but expectantly. I lay my requests. 
There is a difference. I lay my requests. It is okay to lay your requests before God. Philippians 4 6, you know, be anxious. You know this one about anything. But in every situation, that's the point. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. If you're in that space where you grew up knowing your requests don't matter, they do. Because God knows you. He tells us in his word, he created us in his image. He is our creator. So he knows our needs. He knows that when you wake up in the morning, you just don't need the air to breathe. You need food to eat. He knows. So it is okay, guys, to share. Some of us, number two, believe that you are supposed to get anything and everything at every time from God. This random issue with you. You grew up with parents' guidance who gave you everything you ever needed. And that never really bothered you ever needed and that never really bothered with you. As a result, you assume God must answer every prayer that you set before him. You know those guys. Ile, Jehovah, today I need to meet the one, the person. I can't wait any longer. Today is the day. If you don't answer this prayer today, Aki. You know those words? <laughs> hey. My season is Diani. My age is Peter. Time is going. This tender must come by this time. This job must happen by this. They have planned my life, Jehovah. You know very well. You know that by 24, I need to have, I need to have bought my house by 31. Say, Jehovah, I'm 36. And yeah, please. Ama. Today is my last, this is the last day of my 30th birthday, Nikesho. As a result, we, you assume God must answer every prayer that you said before him. Do you have here to ask you to try praying in the will of God? In his will. We talked about this, I think, two Sundays ago. In his will. We must find the will of God. We must know it. And then we must walk in it. Do you know God's will for your life? We ask this question many times in this sermon series. Can you tell, I know Jehovah, this is what you have designed for my life. This is what it is, my heart's desire. This is it. And I am walking in it. How am I still searching? Searching is fine. But we must be in the will of God. If you insist on your own, God may actually answer the prayer, but it will be to your destruction. Do you remember the story of the Israelites when they were in the desert? They're going to the promised land. These guys went to a manna because now they're saying there's no food. God gives them manna. And then one of them, or a group, comes up and starts saying, Hey, imagine this. We can't be doing manna every day, man. Egypt, the promised land. We had nice food, Master. There was Burger King. There was my daughter always says, Burger King, Daddy, that's Burger King. I'm like, hey, like you are going home. <laughs> she always says that. Daddy KFC, I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
They complained. They told Moses, both from uh, promised land, Egypt. There should be a difference. from this job, I was earning 100 Gs. You can't tell me I'm going to this other one. I'm going up the ladder with 40 Gs. What's the difference? So they complained, and God was like, oh, so Ninyama Munataka. Okay, so I'll give you the meat. But the Bible says, just as it was in their mouth, God strike them down dead. He was like, I'm done with this people. You know that feeling when your kid is insisting on sweets, vitus sugar, and you're like, hey, you know, these things will mess up your teeth. Even for us adults, we know. Burger King every day, yes. As you see me here, I need to lose 10 kilos. Guess why? So, you go to your doctor, he's like, boss, I say, you, need to, you need to watch your heart because Papa, it's my story. Me, I'm like, hey, boss, me, me I walk, man. I'm saying, coffee. 10 kilos later, now, now I need to start running. Using my tembeasy two hours, I felt like I wanted to die. But, so, I'm going to be a boss, bro. <laughs> you need to change your lifestyle. That is, God is the same, guys. If you insist on a line that is not his, so I'm like, oh, so this is what you, okay, let's, let's see. He hates it when we desire to walk in our own will and not his. Let's walk in the will of God. Guys, when he says no, it's painful, but let's follow it. Because anything outside the will of God will be so destructive to you and I. Psalms 81 verse 12. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. He actually can give you over to your stubborn heart if you insist. See you know at the gym. You know those ones. James 4 verse 3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on pleasures. God hates it when we demand stuff that is outside of his will. Finally, some of us grew up in homes where they knew exactly what was expected of them. They knew what to ask for and what not to. Hey. They could tell right from wrong requests. They understood discipline and corrected their wrongs. Hey. Hey. They had a voice and also knew its limits. They feel like they could not do as a result, it is a bit easier to understand God and how he operates when you have such a background. You know his word or are studying his word, so your requests are in his will. This is where God wants us to be. You may have to wait, especially in the will of God. You may have to wait. Guys, believe it or not, Nerobi Makasi is almost since its inception, one year. And this morning, I come here and I'm like, I'm in a takuniambia, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, eight. Yo, I'm still waiting. And that's, you just walk with the will of God. When you're where he wants you to be, sometimes you have to wait. Remember the story of Abraham? Abraham at 75 years old, God tells him what? I will make you or, or make you the, what is it, uh, the man of faith, the father of the nations. I will bless you like the stars of heaven. 
or like the sands in the seashore. Oh, seashore. Imagine. <laughs> and then, dude waits for how many years? 25. 25 years. Ah, kid. My, my boy nowadays just looks at me and says, ah, kid. As in, seriously, 25 years. You're waiting for one baby. One baby. How many have ever waited for 25 years for anything? No, you mean? I realized the other day. <laughs> I realized the other day. Who many connection of patients? You know, you know the person you normally think, ah, blessed of the Lord, full of the Spirit. We say, "Katu kwa line." Five minutes. Ama, let's just bring it home. Net imeenda kwa hao. Net. Safaricom, sorry, Zuku, God. And it was there five minutes ago. And here's the thing. You're not doing something really important. But imeenda. And then you go on the phone. You're like, no, 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 no. You go to the person and they're like, oh, just give me a minute. And for some reason, maybe they even cut the line without knowing. Nakonga drama, patience. Guys, being in the will of God, Sazingine will demand you become patient. Abraham was. And imagine after Abraham being our father of faith, he failed, remember? Why if I say, hey, boss, at you wait, at you remember? You know, this is for the married. You know, when God speaks to the husband, at you We'll get a baby. Can you imagine how the conversation went with the wife? So, Sarah, I said, I'm going to show we'll get a baby. Praise the Lord. But, hey, wait, how old are you again? 75. So, but I'm going Can you imagine the conversation five years later? In that home. Who's this? Ten years. Ah, Limambia boss. Do this. Let's. Those know, madam, get a baby. Then God now shows up like, ah, I meant what I said. Guys, wait. If there's anything God is not forcing you, but allowing you to wait on. Please wait. Please, I beg you by the mercies of God. Wait. Psalms 37 verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. First John 5.14. This is a confidence which you have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Guys, my assignment today was just to remind us that God answers prayer. He answers prayer. So whatever life you have led, whatever history you have, whichever it was, broken, okay, and the wounds that have resulted from that, I beg you to simply try have faith in God. Try. Try Him. He says, try me in this. And see if I will not. He says that it's a test and see. We spoke about this in the second week. Test him in this. He is so good. 
he answers prayer. Turn to your neighbor and tell them God answers prayer. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Rubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road.